Hello and welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience Leadership Tips for the Remote Worker. This is Stephen Thompson and this is my experience. Well, we are looking at Songs in the Key of Life. It was released in 9-28-1976 and it was number one on the charts for 14 weeks and four Grammys came out of that album. One thing I'm talking about this season is choosing yourself and following your own plans. Well, the title of this episode, this week is called as Charles Darwin Went to Church, Incorporating Divergent Thinking into Your Leadership and Your Goal Setting. Looking at the song as, a couple of quick facts about it, that it reached number 36 on the Billboard charts and it's 7 minutes and 8 seconds long. It's track 6 on the album Songs in the Key of Life. You can find covers of this song by Sister Sledge, a jazz version by Najee. One of the most popular remakes was the cover by George Michael and Mary J. Blige. And that peaked at number four on the UK charts. But the release in the US was initially blocked by Mary J.'s record company because of George Michael's legal troubles. And also, if you happen to see the Best Man movies, As was also featured in that movie as well, in both versions of the movie. So, As. I love the song As. It's an emotional song. In fact, when I got married, I even quoted some of the lyrics to my wife in my wedding vows. So one of the things I like about As, and one of the things we're going to discuss about our leadership is this. Let's look at the lyrics. Starts off and he says, And the rosebuds know to bloom in early May. Then he goes into, Until the rainbow burns the stars out in the sky. Always. Those lyrics are really good. Also, listen to the next set of lyrics. Until the ocean covers every mountain high, always. Until the dolphin flies and parrots live at sea, always. Until the life of life and life. Until we dream of life and life becomes a dream. Sorry about that. So this is a concept right here of divergent thinking. And there's a definition of divergent thinking from a business dictionary. Idea generation techniques such as brainstorming in which an idea is followed in several directions to lead to one or more new ideas, which in turn lead to still more ideas. In contrast to convergent thinking, which aims at solving a specific problem, divergent thinking is creative, open-ended thinking aimed at generating fresh views and novel solutions. So those lyrics right there that we looked up at the top, fresh views. Dolphins flying and parrots living at sea. Rainbows burning the stars out of the sky. That's not something common that you see every day. I've never seen a dolphin flying and I've never seen a parrot living in the ocean. But that is something that is different. And it's a different way of thinking. One of the, I want to introduce a different way of thinking right now. We know here about Charles Darwin and we think about evolution. And one of the common things that people think about, oh, evolution means that it's anti-God and it's atheism. And that Charles Darwin was an atheist and he didn't believe in God. Well, that's not true. In fact, read something called the Darwin Correspondence Project. And that was done by Cambridge University. Well, Charles Darwin actually went to church. Here that again, Charles Darwin went to church. In fact, Charles Darwin studied to be in the clergy. In fact, a lot of times when you hear about Charles Darwin, we talk about, we talk about evolution, we hear atheism, we hear anti-God. When Charles Darwin went to research his theory of evolution and the origin of species and on the Galapagos Island measuring the beaks of birds, he wasn't doing that 
in an attempt to disprove the existence of the creator of the universe. In fact, Darwin had a lifetime involvement in the Church of England. 1828, for instance, Darwin went to Cambridge and his desire was to become a clergyman. He felt that clergy was a good profession and that would allow him to pursue his science pursuits. And there were a lot of naturalists who went and studied science and they also became clergy and they were actively involved in his church. In fact, in 1842, Darwin moved back to the city of Down. And this was six years after his beagle returned from the voyage. The beagle was the name of his ship and he returned from his voyage and him and his family went to the local Anglican church and all of Darwin's children were baptized into the Church of England. And what is really fascinating is Darwin had a long relationship with the Reverend John Brodie Innes. Now, Darwin and Innes had conversations where Innes defended traditional orthodoxy and he wasn't persuaded by Darwin's theories of evolution, but he spoke highly of Darwin in a letter and he talked about their disagreements. Now in their disagreements there wasn't an angry denouncement of God. In fact in, your, in, in their personal correspondence you will find Darwin discussing his subscription to the church's Sunday school fund and even Darwin wrote about taking charge of a clothing drive that the church was running for the poor. So you see what we had here is we had discussions about Darwin's theory. And Darwin had discussions frequently about his theories with members of the church, but what happened is there was an emotional response, and over the years that emotional response got greater and greater and greater until it was spun into this was just shilling for atheism, or Darwin was anti-God. But in fact, the facts show that Darwin was very active in his church. His children were baptized in his church. He spent time debating these theories his theory of evolution with the ministers in the church. Now, some people overreacted. And that led Darwin to not going to a lot of Sunday services because he was being marginalized. So it wasn't an, a, a view that God wasn't real that drove Jar Darwin from a lot of church activities. It was the marginalization that he received for having a different opinion. And, and there's several lessons that we need to learn from this. Just because somebody's giving you a different opinion, we don't need to rise to the level of this person's evil, this person's bad, they're going to do something that's going to harm me. Doing things that harm people are very obvious. And we see how they occur on a day-to-day -day basis. But most of the common things are not harmful. And Ennis, you can look the letter up, he even wrote about Darwin's character and his moral quality. And then in 2008... The Church of England apologized to Charles Darwin for overreacting to his theory of evolution. Now, the point of this in your day-to-day -day life and in your leadership is to look at your situations in a different way. We all have opinions, but then let's do some analysis of our opinions. And also think about doing that when setting your goals. Now, I'm not saying that you should advocate for, I'm not advocating for evolution bad, evolution good. I'm advocating about how we treat people. How we treat people is what we should be looking at. What should we should be thinking about on a daily basis is how we treat the individual who is next to you, who is across from you, who is talking to you. And that is what we had in Darwin and Innes' relationship. So here's some steps and some tips that you can do. Like I said before, give your opinion but then also do some analysis. 
Here's one thing. Benjamin Franklin, he had what was called the 20% rule. Franklin, what he would do, he would organize his day very meticulously with lists and with cards, plans out minutes of the day. And he would go by those checklists and he would rank himself. But then what he had was called the 20% rule. He would leave his day 20% of the time to do something spontaneous. And that would lead to breakthroughs. Another example of spontaneity, Archimedes. He yelled out, Eureka! How he came up with the term Eureka is when he got into the bathtub and he realized that displacing water equals the volume of the part of his body that was submerged. He came up with Eureka. And people equate Eureka with an aha moment or of a discovery. And this was because Archimedes simply got into the bathtub. Wasn't thinking that he was going to come up with a scientific principle or a word that was going to be used throughout the centuries. He was just a man getting into the bathtub. Now, divergent thinking. There was a great TED talk done by Ken Robinson. Sir Ken Robinson, you can look him up on TED. He talks about divergent thinking. And an example of divergent thinking is this. When we're as children, we are geniuses in divergent thinking. And an example of this is this. You give an adult a paperclip, the adult will say, I'm going to use this paper to paper clip to put it on a piece of paper and hold the paper together. And then the adult will probably stop. You can't really think up a lot of different ways to use a paper clip. But if you ask a child what to do with the paper clip, well, I can bend it and turn it into a, ray, a death ray. I can bend it and turn it into a spaceship. I can use it to shoot monsters. That's divergent thinking. Now, as we grow and we get higher and older in age, our divergent thinking decreases and we begin to think of it as, well, we can only talk about the practical things. I can't talk about using a paper clip to make a ray gun because I will be looked at as stupid. So I just need to say this. A paper clip can be used to hold papers together. I'm safe. Nobody will judge me. Nobody will evaluate me. Nobody will think about me differently. Go about this. Until the rainbow burns the stars out of the sky, loving you. Until the ocean covers every mountain high, loving you. Until the dolphin flies and the parrots live at sea. Until we dream of life and life becomes a dream. Until the day is night and night becomes the day. Until the trees and seas up and fly away. Until the day eight times eight times eight is four, loving you. Go back to divergent thinking. Of course, we know eight times eight times eight times eight does not equal four. We know that the trees and the seas are not going to up and fly away. But we are practicing creative thinking. Three things that I want to leave you with today. Number one, go against your own stereotypes and do something different. For example, I am not really fond of money. I've actually been a little poor with my money and my budgeting throughout the year. So I decided I'm going to get a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. It was very inexpensive. It was $12 for 12 weeks, so why not? So I read the business section every day, and I'm learning business and economics and how to, to read the stock market, learning about cryptocurrency. These are things that I don't normally read. Also, you can do is talk to people with opposing viewpoints in the spirit of Darwin and Ennis, not in the spirit of, I'm going to go talk to this person, and I'm going to argue with them and try to convince them of what I believe. Just talk with them in a way that is enjoyable. And listen to their point of view. You don't have to take it personally. 
They're not calling you to believe what you they believe. You're just having a different point of view. Now, here's a great thing to try to increase your creativity and divergent thinking. Think about your most enjoyable grade level you had as a child. For me, it was when I was in second grade, back in 1978. Now, go to Spotify or go to YouTube, type in that year, and listen to that music from that time. It will bring back positive memories and increase your performance. I got this from Tim Grover. He's read, wrote a book called Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. Tim Grover was a trainer of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. If you don't know them, they're basketball players who are tremendously successful, won multiple championships, and he wrote about what he saw in high performers. And one of the things that he talked about what he would do to get them to perform or, or get more creative was to bring them back to a time that they enjoyed. And music from a time period when they were younger would also do that. Implement the 20-minute rule and do something spontaneous. Believe in yourself and believe in your abilities. You know, most of our day-to-day -day decisions don't necessarily defy the laws of physics and nature. For example, in, in the song As. The seas and the trees don't have to up and fly away. Eight times eight times eight isn't going to equal four. The rainbow might not burn the stars out of the sky. We're not asking you to do that on a daily basis. Not to defy the laws of physics, but when you want to accomplish your goals, there are day-to-day -day things and daily decisions that you need to make every day. So, in order to work towards your goals, and we're talking about our New Year's resolutions, and we're going to keep working at them all year long because we want to accomplish them, but look at your goals like this. It's something that you're going to do every day on a daily basis. So, what do you do every day on a daily basis? Well, you probably get dressed. There isn't a day where you don't get dressed. You wake up in the morning, you take a shower, you put on clothes. We take that for granted. That's no big deal. But imagine the day that you don't do that. What would the impact be on your life and your career if you walked out of the house with no clothes on? You got in your car, you drove to work, and you walked in the workplace naked. What would be the impact on your life, on your career? It would be instantly in trouble. You most likely would be arrested. You'd be taken to a facility. They might put you on a hold, in a psychiatric hold, because you simply forgot to put your clothes on. Something that you take, take for granted. So, you put your clothes on every single day. Now, you're not thinking in the back of your mind, I'm going to forget to put my clothes on. I'm going to go to work naked and I have to fear being arrested and put on a 24-hour a hold or a 72-hour hold because it is a habit. It's not something that you think about. Look at your goals and dreams the same way. You don't have to fear the ramifications of what will happen if I don't accomplish what I do. You are just going to participate on a daily basis doing what you enjoy every single day. And then you will accomplish what you want to accomplish. That's how you look at it. Think about as. Until the rainbow burns the stars out the sky. Until the day the dolphins fly and the parrots are at sea. That's about belief. That's about believing that one day it's possible. It could happen. That a dolphin could fly and a parrot could be at sea. It could happen. That 8 times 8 times 8 could equal 4. It could happen. One day, the stars could burn. The rainbows could burn the stars out of the sky. It could happen one day. So that belief, put 
that into yourself and what you can do. And then one day, you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. Just think about it differently. Remember, Charles Darwin went to church. This is Stephen Thompson, and this is the Stephen Thompson Experience Leadership Tips for the Remote Worker. I am Stephen Thompson. This is my experience. We are looking this season, season three of the Stephen Thompson Experience, at Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. It is an excellent album. Go out and listen to it. We'll be back next week with another song and more leadership tips. Take care. Bye-bye.